This is Level 10 TV with Michael Wormser and Bob Wayne. Tales from the Crew, episode number... Oh, shit. Uh... <laughs> <laughs> you said the... Uh... The intro so well. I was like, why? Why would I do? That's kind of the producer motto. It's like, why do something if someone else can do it better? Well, because I was get you know now now you have that you can cut that little clip and you can say, I'll say episode number, then you can say one hundred and thirty nine or whatever episode we're on. What episode are we on? Four thousand seven hundred two. I think it's episode. It's the year two thousand twenty nine, and we are on episode four thousand three hundred ninety. You need to stop what you're doing. And get into the fucking trailer game. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> just make trailers, man. Yeah. Hell just, yeah. Just line them up. Yeah, just stand in a room and just trailer that shit out. All yeah, day. man. Well, ladies and gentlemen, this is uh, Tales from the Crew, another uh, fantastic episode. I'm, I'm very, very honored and blessed today to have the one and only Bob Wayne, or as he's known in Hollywood, Hollywood Bob. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. Just knew. I just, just kind of been hanging out in Hollywood the last, how long? Seven months? Yeah, I think it's official. Yeah, I came here in January, and yeah, we've been, we've been hanging and doing stuff. I, it's fun, man. I love it. Yeah, what uh, what got you out here? Pretty much you. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> so I was in a hotel. I was funny. I was actually in a ho- living out of a hotel room. My limo parked out front. This is a true story. This was a, what was it? Two or three years ago? I want to say it was probably two years ago. Two years ago. Yeah. So I was like living out of my limo, off tour, living at some crummy hotel i remember the hotel because i was going through my facebook and and it was like this guy he says i'm a you know i'm a movie producer i heard your song mac i i you know would you be interested in making a a movie and i was like i at first i thought what you know who the heck is this then i googled you and i was like holy shit i know smiley the movie and i was like wow he makes he really makes movies so then we started like talking and i and i and and then that you know we've been working on that so that's actually what brought me out here was just because we've been working so hard on that script and everything and just getting it. It just seems like a, it's been such a fun experience. I, yeah. You know, I, the the song Mac, which I I listened to, uh, I don't know, three or four years ago when I first heard it on the uh, um, Outlaw Radio or Outlaw Sirius XM Radio, and I was like, holy shit. This would be a great movie, and then I was like, Bob Wayne. He sounds like an old guy. Probably does, you know. <laughs> probably like retired somewhere out in Tennessee. I don't, That's funny. I, I would never get a hold of him. And then I kind of like always like kept it in my back pocket of like Mac Bob Wayne. Got to get a hold of him. And it was always like a pipe dream of mine of like you know this would be wow. cool if we actually made yeah. this to a series. And then I said, Fuck it, I'm just gonna Facebook him. Yeah. <laughs> and the fact that when I reached out to you. You were like, I have an entire screenplay. Yeah, I'd already started working on it. I remember I, I, I the ri- actually, the song Mac, the original idea was a movie idea. So a lot of my songs are storytelling, but they start off like in movies. Like I could see this, I could see the the DVD cover before I wrote the song. I saw this dude with a shotgun standing next to his semi truck. And then I, I could see the text on the on the, the the DVD that said truck driving, blue collar, true American hero. And this like I had the whole vision for that. And then I was like, you know, I'm living I, I got an acoustic guitar. I don't know how to make movies. So it's like, you know what? Instead of making a movie, I can just write it in a song in a three minute like little pitch, you know, that gets the the whole story across. And in that song you have Jack Coke, you have you have all these characters in there. And then, uh, so I started writing it as a screenplay. And I didn't know much about writing at all. I didn't, you know, I never graduated high school or anything. But there was this guy I knew that worked for, for Miramax. And he was, he actually, um, Christian, I can't remember his last name, but he actually met with me. And he was like, dude, here's how it works. The first thing you got to do is the big dump. Just write everything you can about it. Just and I had like notebooks of pay. I like closed the blinds in my camper and like 
just went at it, you know, and, and, uh, from that, I kind of had a little bit of an outline. Then I figured out final draft and then I started reading like my favorite screenplays. And then, Oh yeah. You used to send me these scripts on like some like TXT format. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah I used to type it out like that. And then I found out there's a, there's a, a program like five. So I, I don't know how many times I hit the space bar to get it in the right <laughs> format. Like I was just trying to copy it, like how they did it. So it's like starting like talk about bare bones. I mean, I was literally like caps lock trying to get exterior, then space bar, space bar, space. Bar. <laughs> for those of you that that, that don't just buy yeah. fucking uh, yeah, yeah, final yeah, drafts. yeah. And if so, you're gonna get into it, just yeah. Do it. Eventually, yeah. I did. Yeah, so yeah. I got final draft, and then oh my made god, it made yeah. it so much easier. <laughs> wow. <laughs> um, yeah, because you're not like faking it you don't feel like you're like trying to come up with some angle of like making a screenplay you're actually making a screenplay yeah you're working with the software and it's so much easier yeah i love final draft uh yeah well what did the world do before that i don't know yeah so bob wayne lots of space bars (laughs) (laughs) so we got the show mac and we we had it as a script as a film and then more of your songs, you know, as I started listening to more and more of the... Yeah. And the more we became friends, you know, all these other characters sort of unearthed. And uh, I didn't want to say it. I was like, fuck, here we go. It'd be better as a series. Because yep. we're so close on finishing the screenplay. Oh, my God. We worked for like a year on the screenplay. Right. Like a year of like rewriting. And I was like, after tour, like, I'd, cl- I'd close up shop and I wrote... We- we'd get through it. And then... And then you really, I, I honestly have been such a good, a good force in this because, but, but also like, like, so I finished the whole screenplay and, and originally Mac, his, I had his, his motivation was money. He was trying to get money. You know, he wanted money. He had a wife and kid. As the song says, you know, Mac was a truck driver with a wife and kid to feed. Yeah. But his motivation was money. And I wrote this whole script and then and then we got to the end and then and then where I thought it was good and then you come at me with you know what man what if what if Mac says no to Jack Coke in the beginning he doesn't want to do it and then you know his family gets kidnapped and his motivation is his family trying to get them back and I was like oh shit cuz if you make one little change like that earlier in the script it changes everything because now all his conversations, he's a different person now because you have to think through a different lens through that character as if now he's he said no. So now it's, it changed. I had to re- you have to go back to that point and rewrite everything. But you know what did. the coolest thing about it, and you know, for the for those of you that don't know the story, uh, you know, we could really go down win with this pretty quickly, but yeah. uh, Jack Coke, the uh, antagonist, I mean, his character just went from like 9 to a 15. Oh, yeah. <laughs> when he heard no. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and when you guys watch this, uh, this will ha- make much more sense, but man, did, did yeah. it become like, super exciting. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and then the end. <laughs> right, right, um, right. So I'll have you here. Um, we can talk <laughs> that all day long. Because, I mean, it's no, a yeah, series yeah. that yeah, studios are just dying to pick up. <laughs> <laughs> we're trying, we're trying. Yeah, we're trying. Um, so you, you started from kind of modest roots, uh, you know, uh, Working in the crew, uh, working as a guitar tech for Hank, yeah. Hank Three, yeah, and uh, and then Hank Three was like, "Dude, gotta get you playing." Yeah, he ha- really helped me get my whole thing started. Yeah, like I started out actually as a guitar tech roadie for this band called Zeke, and that's how I was like, I was just like go on the road with anyone. I didn't care. You know, I was like, I just want to be on the road. I'll sell T-shirts. I'll drive the van. I'll do anything. Just you know, I'll be a crew, really. Yeah. And, uh, and and so bands were like, okay, yeah, there's a band, Camaro Smith, that took me out. There was a band, Zeke took me out. And so Hank 3 actually played bass in Super Joint Ritual, a metal band that was uh, on tour with Zeke. And yeah, it just ended up that I got the job as a roadie for Hank 3 as a guitar tech because of that gig. Which it's, uh, you know, I guess none of that really matters. But, <laughs> yeah, basically the crew thing was, uh, 
a big part of my life, man. I was setting up the stage. I was tuning guitars. I was, you know, I had it pretty dialed in there. Yeah. And uh, and I thought for a while I was like, man, this is cool. I'm 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 Hank Three's roadie, you know. I get to watch this guy play every single night. I mean, I was standing behind the the amps every night. I got to hand him his guitar every wow. night. You know what I mean? This is like hillbilly royalty, the king of the fucking. Can I cuss on here? Hell yeah. Okay, cool. Yeah. But anyways, and so that was one thing about working with him was like it never got old because it was like his show is so. Good. Have you ever seen Hank Three? No, but I'm a you know huge fan. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So yeah, he's all my country heroes. Yeah, heck yeah. <laughs> so uh, yeah, man, life on the tour bus and just life every day in a different venue in a different town. He kind of really tra- like trained me. I-, I feel like it was like training or boot camp for when I went out on the road because I got to watch you know the master work every night. And yeah. then like, I was like in the shadows, just kind of watching his work ethic and how he did it and how he, and then, and then, yeah, eventually I became friends with his band and Andy Gibson who, who helped record him and stuff. And, and who I eventually ended up recording all my albums. So, oh, um, wow. So, so yeah, one of his crew guys, his steel guitar player, uh, we ended up becoming pretty close just from traveling and on the road and all the miles and stuff. That when we get off tour, you know, Andy would start. We, we recorded uh, my first CD, Blood to Dust. And then I was actually had my trailer parked out at Hank Three's Haunted Ranch, where he, he had his house in Nashville. And in between tours, I'd be parked out there. And, and like, he had this little recording machine, and we recorded a, a song on there that's like the secret track on the album. And then uh, it just turned out that. Uh, yeah, I remember one night, the first time I ever opened up for Hank 3, we were in, I don't even remember the town, but there was a band opening, Psyopus, and I was just back there, you know, tuning guitars and everything, and their van caught on fire or something, like, they, they couldn't make it, and, and you know, he was like, hey, man, you need to go grab, he's, <laughs> like, he's like, you want to go open up the show or something, and I was like, I was like, what? Like, uh, you know, I've never played, there's like... 1500 or 2000 people out there it was huge it was like just <laughs> packed right and i was like are you serious next thing you know i'm like on stage with just an acoustic guitar and i'm like playing like 20 minutes 30 minutes worth i played mac i played you know these songs that i had written but i'd never like performed live yeah like i wasn't like a a, a band so i was next so my first show is like somewhere on the road like because the opening band's van caught on fire, and I was like just kind of tossed out on stage, but the reaction from the crowd was really good. I remember seeing it like when I played Mac and Ghost Town, and and that's like, gotta be the coolest feeling, just knowing you have no fucking idea what's gonna happen. And, and to right get that there, response. you could see that they liked it. And I'm used to playing in metal bands from before where no one cared, right? So I could see the difference yeah. of like. When people were coming up to me going like, man, what was that song about that truck driver? What was that song about the ghost of Johnny Cash? Where do I find that? And I was like, nowhere. I just have it here, you know? So that's when we were like, maybe I should record this. Maybe we should, maybe there's something here. So we recorded it and, uh, and, and then, and then, uh, his name's Shelton. He goes by Shelton. I don't know if, if I can't... First, when I first met him, I was like, Hank 3? Do I call you Hank? But he actually... His name's Shelton. But uh, he he had said, uh, why don't you open up the tour, you know? And Guitar Tech. So I was kind of doing double duty there, doing uh, opening up the, the show. And uh, it was funny because we would... Uh, we had laptops back then. This was 2005. So this was a lo- 10, 12 years ago, 13, ago, I don't know, yeah. a few years ago. years ago. <laughs> and, uh, and so we had everyone's laptops going, and, and we were burning the CDs at the show and putting them in sandwich bags, just like Ziploc sandwich baggies, and I was writing on them. 
And we were just cranking out CDs every night. And people were like lined up to, we were selling out. I burned, I used to burn out laptops burning CDs. Oh, wow. So you just have laptops lined we'd up. We'd have like the fiddle burning. player's laptop. Everyone, anyone who had a laptop, we'd have like five or six laptops just cranking out CDs. From, was, the, from the show. From the, at, the, the, at the show, we were selling them. So, but we were selling out so fast that we'd have like five laptops going at some points. Like just sitting there going, like fresh off the, like you were cooking up burgers for people. We got a blood of dust coming up. We got it's about two minutes, you know, like freaking going through. <laughs> there was one time where we only, it was like, like the last CD. I was like, we got one left, man. And, and there was like five people and there was a bidding war going for it. I was like, I'll give you 20 for it. I'll give you 30. I think I sold it for like 60 bucks. To wow. The one guy. Yeah, it was like the last one. How many shows was that when that started happening? That was probably like that was on my first tour. That stuff was happening. Wow. Yeah, it was funny, and I was working crew too. So I was uh, working as a, a, you know, Hank Three's. Oh, so you would do the show and I then would do the and show. then go and guitar tech and yeah, it kind of sucked because I couldn't really enjoy it. I guess yeah. because I was it's all a blur because I would literally. We would show up on Hank Three's bus. My van, my band actually would follow in a separate van. So I wasn't even with my band because Hank three, my job started at like one in the afternoon. We had to get his gear in there. I had to set the stage, do sound check, get everything ready for that. Then usually the opening band would show up around like five or six and do their sound check after Hank three was sound checked. And then, uh, so I had to do it all. So I was like, as soon as Hank three was sound checked, it was like my band jumped on stage and I would sound check my band. Oh, it's crazy. And then after that, I would play my set. And as soon as my set was done, I was tearing down our stage and getting Hank Three's stage going and then getting all his stuff ready and then doing his show and then breaking all that down. And, and, and it was just every night, man. It was a brutal few years there of just the road. Like yeah. I said, it was like boot camp. I feel like I went through like like road boot camp working for Hank Three, man. It was like, <laughs> you know what I mean, preparing me for like what was to come. Oh yeah, which is a lot of road since then. But but yeah, I um, I could you know I when uh, when I first moved to L.A. I worked at a bar and uh, it's not as glamorous, but you know I was a no, bar back. But heck yeah. Um, it was a Hollywood nightclub called Star Shoes, and all these big DJs would come in and perform. Cut Chemist, um, uh, Stone's Throw Records, Mad Lib, a lot of these guys, which uh, J-Rock, and I would set up turntables for them, and it was like, set up the turntables, bring in the records, and, after, and then I'd go and bar back. Yeah. And then after a while, I got so into just working with these guys, making music, that I lost track of... Uh, you know, the whole agenda of making movies. I really got into music, which is how I still have the turntables yeah, today. Yeah, I love it. Yeah. Um, and it's amazing, you know, how you sort of uh, start one track and then, you know, you just kind of like end up somewhere else. Yeah, yeah. You know? Just rolling with the flow, man. Yeah. Rolling with the flow. Um, that's really cool. So when what, what point did you kind of have in your head like, you know, I, I really want to start making movies or... Or doing music videos, or just something outside of just yeah. life on the road. So what? How did it? It really started with um, just seeing like so. So even back in, I think I tried doing stuff in like '04 and '05 when I was first starting out. But back then, like the cameras to get that real cinema look. Like I, I bought a camcorder or something, and it was like it just didn't look. It was like it couldn't get that look, and then. When DSLRs started coming out, oh yeah, and I started seeing like these footage, this footage that's coming out of these cameras, and I was like, "Whoa!" Now that's a that's a game changer because if I can make stuff look cinematic, yeah, without having to spend ten grand on a camera, you know, you could buy the can. I bought my first Canon DSLR for you could get that depth of field, and you could get that. So it was really just the the way the technology changed with the seeing. Like some stuff that was coming out from my friends' cameras, I was like, "Whoa!" Like you got that look with just a Canon five hundred dollars body. Yeah, and if you go on body, YouTube and like, watch what some of these filmmakers were doing at the t at the early stage of that, you were like, "Oh my god!" Yeah, like, no, it blew my mind. And yeah. actually, that's what this first is like collateral or something. That's actually what 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 just 
seeing the gear coming out and the technology of DSLRs and seeing what people could make, made and how cheap it was. I was like, okay, I got to get a camera now to just, just to, cause I, I, I want to make something that looks that cool, you know? Yeah. So I actually started out my very first video. I, I just, for fun, I made a Hank three video. It's not released or it's for him. And it's I'm not, I'm not talking about the, pro, pro, it's like, it's, it, I don't know if I'm allowed to talk about it, so I won't, Yeah. but we'll just say that it looks, um, it, I was getting some really cinematic, like great footage out of it to where immediately I was hooked. Wow. You know, when I saw like the depth of field and the care and I started getting into the lighting, you can get stuff for so cheap now to look like pro, like really pro. It's yeah. not, you know, where I feel like. 15 years ago, you had to have like 20 grand or something to drop to get that kind of look. Now it's like you can do it for five grand and have a whole rig set up, you know, with a gimbal and a couple badass lenses. Uh, you know, you get a GH5. And so that's this was always now. something that you wanted. Oh, yeah. So you just never thought it was possible. Right. I couldn't, like, I, I tried before with like camcorders and like yeah. what I could afford, but like I said, the camcorder and the, the cameras that you could, that I could afford 15 years ago was. Compared to like now, what you can actually make stuff look look cool. Yeah, because I didn't want to make stuff if it looked like garbage. I was like, yeah, this looks like this does not look like the movie. Right, people are like, oh, Bob, that was really cute. Yeah, you know, yeah. Maybe one day when you're a real uh, filmmaker, right, you know? right. <laughs> I would just make like little funny things. So, yeah. and also having a band, I felt like it can't hurt to like be able to make my own music video or have the gear for you know. And we've done that. Like we made we made you know a bunch of music videos. Me and my friend Heinrich. Actually, Heinrich was the first one. If you guys don't know who Heinrich, he's doing like the level ten TV, some artwork and stuff for for you. He's just a good. Uh, he's a crew guy. We get him on. We gotta get I, him we gotta on get Skype. Heinrich, I mean, he's, he's level ten MVP this year. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so Heinrich was actually my first friend who had his camera, and I was like, whoa, like, dude, you're. You're making stuff that looks so good. How are you doing that? He's like, Canon 60D with this lens. And I so I started, that's what really got me into it. Then I started gearing up. Now I have like a so much gear. I have a whole, my school bus is full of gear. I got jibs. I got, I got European, I got a jib and a, and a tripod and everything in Europe. I have my American setup. So I'm filming stuff in Europe, filming stuff here. And I'm just like I turned into like a film gearhead now. <laughs> like, yeah, and then you kind of just taught yourself. Yeah, I just taught myself by just doing. Just doing. Yeah, I learned something every time. I just shot a video for uh, Amanda Mosher uh, this this week. A music video. It looks really good. I just I showed you. It looks super cinematic and good. And and I learned uh, a little bit about lighting. And and the more you you know. The more you film stuff, the more you realize like what things are. You know, lighting is everything. You can't have, uh, you know, it's everything. Yeah, everything counts. You know. Yeah, the camera can't really do its job without sufficient lighting. Look what people are wearing. Oh yeah. yeah. What every every little detail. Like yeah. you have one. If one guy shows up wearing just. You know, nothing, and, and the rest of the band looks like, it's like, it, you know, everything counts, every detail. That's why I can never get enough with filmmaking. It's because of the collaboration with, like, you know, you bring on a costume designer, and he or she just has this whole look that you're oh, like, man. I didn't even think of that. Yeah. That is fucking genius. Yeah. That makes the whole show. See, I've never gone that far. But yeah. <laughs> but yeah, that sounds amazing. Hopefully yeah. I get to experience that. But that's the, that's the fun part. I'm kind of know? like, so far, everything I've done has just been me. I do the lighting. I do the 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 uh, camera. I'm holding the camera. I'm directing the people. I'm editing. I'm color grading. I'm doing doing everything yeah. so far just like a one-man show you that's know? the way to do it though. yeah that's the way to really grow and you know really understand like what you need versus what you don't need yeah actually i did one video with jason charles miller called running and that was the first time that i actually we had a guy running the camera i actually there was a little bit of a budget so we had my friend jan was on the camera who's also a really good like he directs music videos and stuff, but he kind of stepped in to help out. So I actually had someone else on camera and doing lights. And I actually just stood there and like 
framed everything up and said and directed the people. I was like, kind of like a, I felt like a real director. Yeah. I wasn't like holding the camera. I could just focus on the shots and what, you know, what everything needed to be done. Yeah. Which was, that was a game changer too. And, and especially being in, in Hollywood around this area, I feel like, like you can give someone like a few hundred bucks for the day and they'll come out yeah. and run the camera and they know what they're doing. Well, that's the thing you know? too. And I talk about this with directors. It's like, the bandwidth, you know, it's like how much bandwidth do you have when you're on set? You only have so much time to film something, and it's like, how do you spend that time? Are you focused on lighting? Are you focused on stunts? Are you focused on talent? Are you focused on making sure nobody fucks up the location? Are you, fo- you know, like, yeah. how do you f- spend your time? And when you're doing, when you're wearing fifteen different hats, oh gosh, yeah, you know, you really have to make a lot of decisions and quick because you don't have. A team behind yeah. you to you know contribute ideas, right? So, right. So that was nice. Like I said, like I could see it. It it all depends on budget. Like if right. I had five grand to shoot a video, I would definitely hire a guy to run the camera for you know give him a few hundred bucks. Yeah. Give uh, I would have a guy doing lights. Yeah. For another, like I would take a you know a thousand bucks of that just for a couple extra guys. Because that makes a huge difference. Because there is a lot of... There's so much that goes into it. Like right now, doing this last one pretty much by myself. Uh, you know, in, in the, like you said, location. And we had a laundromat. And there was people in the laundromat. And we had to close a section off. And and there's, you know, eight people there that... Extras and... and yeah, you know and if you had, yeah, and if you had like an AD who was like going to place people and then right. like, hey Bob how does this look in the monitor and instead of you'd be like you stand there you stand there bass player stand here right. and then, right. then walk all the way back look in the camera and see how it looks right. you know it's uh, there's a lot to think about that's like two minutes of the day and, and we always talk about like two minutes and then you do that times like 30 setups you know that's an hour oh, right man. there and, and you're think, and you're, you need to get all your shots and you need to get all your shots. And so it's like it's like, and I don't do shot lists. And everyone's oh, every, you got to do a shot list, dude. But but check it out. I I I have it. It's weird because I I I know that a few people have asked me that, like if, the last few videos, like where's your shot list? I was like, I don't <laughs> I don't do one, and they're like scared. Yeah. Like, what do you mean you don't have one? I'm like, it's all in my head. I know it sounds crazy, but I can see before I go into a video, I'll listen to it like a hundred times. Just I'll go to sleep with it on repeat. I guess it's a different, a different. I can watch the video. I like to be able to see the video pretty much in my head, and I'm shooting it on the camera. So as I, and also being an editor, like editing, I'm editing as I'm filming. If uh, I see a blink, I got you. I that's, stop. that's your process for music videos. For music videos, yeah, yeah. I, got I, I don't know about film stuff because yeah oh for yeah i like i'm talking about just straight music videos no audio i don't have to worry about audio right i don't that's have to worry a, about lines that actually and stuff makes like a that. lot of sense with yeah music videos, especially if you're gonna go and you know how it's gonna cut together yeah so i can kind of watch the video before it before i go in so i know what i'm shooting uh, yeah i think if i was doing something like a scripted you would have to have i think that would that's a different i think scripted tv is a whole different ball game that obviously than than a music video because you don't have to worry about words or people conversations or well it's just a little more regimented you know there's yeah. like you know there's scenes and then within those scenes there's setups and those setups there's takes within those takes it's yeah. blocking so I've I've started you know, doing everyone's it. saying what do we do now yeah you know? so I started dabbling in in a little bit of that in some of my like commercials that are like uh uh little tour promo commercials I've been doing, which are like little 30 second kind of scripted, uh, things. And I learned that lesson the hard way too, of, of just, uh, being able, like not having the dialogue set, you can't just improv and then you try to cut it together later. It's unusable. So you really have to have that thought out when it comes to the, the scripted stuff, obviously, but yeah, but yeah, because, it's you know, it's uh, one of those things where it's on the day, you're like, fuck. I feel like music <laughs> videos were... I'm, actually, I, I, when I started doing the getting into camera gear and all that, I didn't want to do music videos. Like, that wasn't my, my goal. I've ended up doing, like, 15 now. But I love it because, in fact, it's like mastering the camera. Like, I know what lens to grab now. 
Yeah. Like, okay, I need a 13. Give me a, a 40. Give me a 50. I know my, my, you know, I know my lenses now. I know what lens does what, what I use. Certain, well, you, you know, know, music videos are way more forgiving. Yeah, <laughs> for sure. <laughs> because you can pick it's your like, little piece. You can still use that, you yeah, know, if it's yeah. like, if it if the shot, like, you fuck up and, like, the guy isn't in the frame because... It's artsy, the, man. The, I meant to do that. Yeah, it's, it's artsy. This is supposed to be an artsy take. Like, right, you know. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and you can use it anywhere. Oh, yeah, But yeah. when there's dialogue associated oh, no, with yeah. it, yeah. You, you need know, to like, cut them and they have to be exact. Yeah, and, uh, yeah. I love it, though, man. It's, That's how I started. When I was bar backing, I would meet all these bands and I'd say, hey, with my bar backing money, I'd love to, you know, make a music video. Yeah. And then I'd go on Craigslist and find somebody that, you know, had a camera and get those few people. And like you said, for like, you know, 500 bucks, we'd go out, make yeah. a music video, yeah. and direct them. And, you know, it, it, uh, it, it it's great to just... Uh, like learn filmmaking that way. Yeah. Um, in terms of just understanding camera. Exactly. Understanding um, lighting. Lighting. What you know, all but those it, tricks. But again, it's very forgiving too at the same yeah. time where, you know, you can still use the footage even if it's yeah. a bad take or yeah. something. And you don't have to worry about audio. I feel like uh, so audio is the next thing I need to conquer. Because that's really tough. Because it's especially yeah, I I I, I have like a road microphone. Which is great. And a little Zoom yeah. recorder. Which is really it, technically it, all you need. It, it works It works good. For a couple, you have two channels or four? One. Oh, gotcha. So I'm just doing, yeah. So, so you do like a, a road, yeah. So I, I feel like I, it, my next thing is like to up the audio game. You yeah. know, I got the GH5 now. I got a few fast lenses. I'm, now I just need to up my audio game and then really get that sounding good. Then I feel like I could maybe my next thing I want to do is like a little short, like we were talking about doing a little short movie, like a yeah. five minute yeah. movie would be my next uh, thing that I would probably want to do next. If I can get that audio thing figured out. And you know, all the fans at level 10 TV, all they talk about is God, when is Bob Wayne going to come in and do a, a horror comedy? <laughs> <short?"> <laughs> we're doing it, man. Yeah, we got to make it happen. That's my next, I would, uh, that's my next That'd thing. That'd be so fun to work yeah. with you, you know, just get it started. We have to do it. Yeah. Yeah. I, you know, I, I don't think I ever left that like side of me of just like making really small like content or yeah, just, you know, it's fun. Organic. That's the real stuff. That's what we do, man. We yeah. make cool stuff with our friends. That's, yeah. that's how that's it really what everything, started. It's all, what it's all about. Yeah. We make cool stuff with our friends. That's just what, what, what it really, what, where it's always been. That and being able to release something online. It's like, what yeah. a time to be alive, you know? And have it look. And have it, have it look like the real deal. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. It's crazy. So exciting. Yeah. yeah it's crazy. Well, that's so cool that you've, uh, you're, you know, you've really gone into this direction and taken hold of it and decided to just go full force with it. Yeah, I love it. Yeah. But, you know. S still doing music. Yeah. I'm always Bob Wayne. Well, it seems like what drives you is story. Story. Yeah, you're it's, just, I it's, mean, yep. it's not really the, the medium. Exactly. It's really the, the, the story. Exactly. Really. Yeah. And, and. And as a songwriter, storyteller, like all my songs are a lot of stories, film is really the, the ultimate in storytelling. Absolutely. It's the ultimate. You it can't is. get any. And then going from like feature to like a, all these series now, like if you take it in, when you dive into a series, you really can tell so much story. It's endless. And it's dependent on endless story. Yeah, you know, yeah, it's it's, uh, it's really open ended. I love it. Yeah, um, yeah, you know, story. Yeah, story. <laughs> right on. <laughs> um, Once upon a time. Yes. <laughs> Level ten TV. <laughs> uh, but you should give all that up and get into voiceover. <laughs> right, right. I can do a yeah. couple things here. I don't want to blow out your mic, but here's my train whistle. Let's do. Whoa, whoa. It's incredible. I don't know if it blew up your mic, but I can do that. I can do uh, what else can I do? One time I did my my talk, talking about my buddy Andy Gibson earlier from Hank Three's band. We were doing a, a radio show. It was live radio in like St. Louis, and uh, we were about to go on. And I was like, Joke. in a world, yeah. It was a straight up like live radio thing and like in air, on air stuff promotion for the show that night. And my buddy Andy, we had to play like three songs. My buddy Andy was like, hey, man, I'll, 
He's like, I bet you can't do the whole thing in an English accent. <laughs> we're in the van. Before we go in, I was like, what? What are we betting? It was like 20 tacos or something. Yeah. And he's like, I'll give you 20 tacos, man, for the, you know, something like that. I can't remember what the exact bet Chipotle. was. <laughs> but uh, I was like, he's like, the whole thing, even yeah. the song. I was like, no problem. He's like, dude, you, you can't do it. And so I get up there and the, the radio guy's like, hey, we're live with Bob. And I'm like, hello, how, how are you? And I don't really know how to, I didn't know if I could speak it in or not. I was like, how you doing? And he's like, he was thrown off. I was like, oh yeah, we're from England. Oh, this is totally live radio. Live radio, and I'm speaking in an English accent, and he doesn't know I'm about to do it. I'm trying. I don't know if I'm doing a good job or not, but I just want these 20 tacos, and I'm doing a horrible job. Just like, that's a horrible English yeah. accent. But but it was funny because my friend Andy was like trying not to laugh so hard, and, and then and then like they got to the song, and I was sweating. Because then the, I could tell the radio guy's going, what, is this guy like fucking with me, or what's he doing here? Because I would not stop. And he's like, you're from, aren't you from Seattle? I was like, I'm from London. We just love American music, and we just do this. And I just did messed up those, uh, this whole interview. But it was funny because I actually sang Mac, and go. I sang it all in a, in an English. I was like, oh, Mackie drove a Peterbilt in 1973. He was a truck driver with a wife and kid to feed. With stars and bars across the grill. The cab was black as night. I did the whole thing in, in an English accent. That's incredible. The whole song, all the way through. I won the 20 tacos. And, uh, yeah, so voiceover. Voiceover. Acting. That's my next thing. Yeah. <laughs> Actually, I don't. I, I like being behind the camera. Yeah. I really do. I mean, sometimes I have to get in front of it for stuff, but I honestly, I love being behind it and setting up the shots and 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 just well, like you know, that, let's segue into something because yeah. uh, you you hinted at something uh, a few weeks ago that you're doing stand up comedy. Ooh, I haven't told anyone about that live. You've heard it first here. Oh, Level 10 TV. Well, so I started hanging out at the comedy store. Yeah. I haven't done it. I did a few open mics, uh-huh. but I've been like hanging out at the comedy store since I got when I moved to L.A. I was like, you know, I don't really know very many people. Isn't and, L.A. fun? You can just do yeah, anything. I just go. I would go so far. I just sit and hang out at the comedy store. And the cool thing about the comedy store is you can kind of like hide out in the back corner. Yeah, it's just like a just like seedy. It's almost like reminds me of like seedy country western bars but it's like for comedy of la like sometimes at night like everyone starts leaving around 11 and then it's like by one o'clock two o'clock in the in the morning there's like four people there sometimes but the comics (laughs) still go yeah the comics are still going like they'll go like you got don barris up there till some one night we sat there till like three four in the morning i was like the place was closed down it was like nothing there it was like three of us and this comedian up there so i just sit I've just been like sitting in the comedy store, like watching all these comics. I've been to a couple open mics. I've tried. It's like the most talk about entertainment and storytelling. So I think like filmmaking is the best way to tell a story. But I feel like the hardest form of entertainment that I've ever experienced is stand up comedy. Oh, yeah. Getting up there with a a doubt with a microphone. Yeah. That's all you have. You have to win over. Oh God! The audience. I mean, what other situation are you like? It's terrifying going there where people are like, "Who the fuck is this guy?" It's terrifying, yeah. and like, and like, why are we laughing? It's crazy because like I've I've done tours where I'm opening up for arenas. Yeah, you know, I've played for fourteen thousand people, wow. sold out arena, where I walked in and there's fourteen thousand people just going. <sighs> You know, and, and you're on your guitar, and I'm just like owning the crowd, and 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 that's no problem. But you give someone a microphone, and even if there's only five people there, it's the most terrifying thing you can I can I've ever experienced. And there was a comedian there that was that saw me do my open mic, and he he actually talked to me afterwards, and he said he said you know what it is, because I was like I saw a black, I went up and I was like. I don't remember any of it. I don't know what I said. I don't know what I, you know, it was just, it was like, it was like a blackout experience. And uh, the guy was like, I was like, it's so weird because I can play for all these people music. I'm a front man for a band. You know, I didn't tell anybody like I'm a musician or anything. I just, they just thought I was just some joker, which I am, but I did, you know, but they didn't know I had that any kind of stage performance. I'm like, dude, I have a lot of like, like I can, 
own a crowd with my guitar and and, and singing songs. He goes, well, the difference is with a musician and a front man, the crowd, they want to be you. They yeah. love you already. They want to be – their music like pulls them in somehow. Or a comedian, you need them to laugh at you. You need to win them over. Yeah. yeah. You first have to – they have to like you. Then you have to – or you want them to laugh at you. That's the whole thing is to get a laugh. Yeah. So they have to laugh at you. It's a totally opposite spectrum of like a front man where you want them to – they don't want to laugh. They want to like be you. You know, it's like – so it's like working a different side of your entertainment brain – and I feel like it's the really it is the hardest form of entertainment for sure. What's uh What's the plan with that? Are you gonna keep doing I, it? No, I just do it for f- fun. I don't know if I can do it. I mean, yeah, I came out here to be a comedian. Really? Yeah, well, yeah, yeah. It's I was hard, so inspired man. by you know. I was like, man, I'm to LA. I'm gonna stand up. I fucking love it. Yeah, I did one stand up. People were like, who the fuck is this guy? I was like, I can't get out of here. Yeah, I yeah. Never did it again. Yeah, it's brutal. <laughs> I was like, dude. maybe I'll just write. <laughs> it's so brutal. It's so brutal. Yeah, and I, I have so much respect for people that keep going keep going and then just kill it and watching like yeah. a comedian bomb is like one of the hardest things that you even just watching it i'm like oh yeah Ooh. like ah that's just you know it's it's rough man and and so i've been writing jokes so i, I feel like it's good exercise and it, i've always felt like this with with music and 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 also d- doing the film stuff it's like when you're songwriting all the time i'm writing song mode i'm in tour mode it's good to like Get off that and like move your brain into something else and forget about that. So when so it's like I'm doing like filmmaking or whatever, making music videos, getting into my camera stuff. Your brain's not thinking about songwriting or guitar. So when you come back to it, you're like, oh yeah, I can play guitar and right. So it's fresh. Yeah, it's 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 somehow fresh. I feel like with like me just kind of experimenting in the stand up world, it's good for my brain to get away from everything else because you're. You're thinking in a different way. You're you're thinking about writing jokes. How to like? How do you come? In, how do you meet the crowd? How do you get them to? You know, your brain's on something totally different. So when I come back to like a f- music video or like writing songs or a tour, it's like, oh yeah, this is fresh again. Like it's just, I think it's good to like expand yourself and. It's and, really and, smart. I mean, it's to... like it seems like you have this um, desire to create or be creative. But it's like you get burned out on certain outlets, and you have to just you know yeah you get different things. exactly. Yeah. And then when you come back to that other outlet, you're like, oh yeah, this is uh, oh yeah, I, yeah, I can write songs on acoustic and yeah. sing them. Let's go to Sweden, <laughs> you know. So <laughs> so do you have some jokes that you've like? Uh, oh my god, that you're like, what's what's, my... what's the thing? Is it like? Your life. What's my ideas. so? Here's here's the yeah. Oh my god! I don't, don't want to put you on the spot. I'm just you know. Yeah, it's it's so I I've written a few different like uh, five. I'm trying to get together. Most of the open mics are like three minutes. You know, it's brutal, dude. It's like I, I've tried a few things. I'm like, how do I incorporate the train whistle? You know, <laughs> I think you so, just keep bringing it back. So what I did was my first stand up comedy attempt. I walked it up there. And there was two girls sitting up front, and I, and there was kind of like ten. I think there was like ten people in the crowd, yeah. and I walked up and I said, "Hey, for those of you guys that don't know me, I do. I actually do stand up for a living. I was just totally lying. <laughs> I was like, but Travel I do the world. I do warm up for Nickelodeon TV shows, and I always open up with this little bit called like, how do you um, how like uh, oh mimic me or something? So I said, copy my sound. I go to the first girl. I go, you know, let's do a dog. And I'm like, woof woof, and she's does the dog this is horrible this is horrible <laughs> and everyone's just like who the fuck is this guy then i'm like to the other girl i'm like okay you do like meow a cat or something she does it she does it i got a couple little chuckles then i'm like train whistle woo, woo, woo. and a few people <laughs> laughed at that then i was like boom i just pulled a train it's on like the there's something in your, I, I don't understand how you physically can do that oh it was yeah but then i said so the joke was that I just pulled a train on the two hottest girls in the crowd. Pull, I did a train oh my God. with the two hottest girls in the crowd, and everyone's just like crickets. So oh, like, man, you didn't get no laugh out oh of that. Oh, God, it was horrible. Uh. Maybe like two dudes in the back kind of chuckled a little bit, and I was just like, and then I saw black, and it just went, it was slow motion from there. Not yeah. good. Not good. Yeah, I'm going to keep working on that yeah, one. Yeah, I better start uh, <laughs> keep working on my jokes. Um, 
<laughs> How about those Lakers, huh? Yeah, yeah. Dude, stand-up comedy is, is... It's like... I would say it's like a hobby kind of thing for me. And I just go... Now I just support it. Like, I, I just... I, I, fa- I found a bunch of comedians I love. Yeah. Ali Makovsky. She's a girl that, I, that hangs out at the store a lot. She was opening for Joe Rogan. Uh, Annie Lederman. I saw her. Like, there's so many funny comics that I didn't know about that are, like, kind of underground, up and coming. They yeah. go to the comedy store, and it's open every day. You can go there anytime. Late night, it's, like, free. After 11, they just let you in. You know, you can sit there and, you know, watch comedy till you know, till they stop. You yeah. Know? It's fun. That's awesome. Yeah. Yeah. I commend you for that, because I... I would definitely love to do that again. Well, you should come with me one I night. Should. We should I go should. one night to the comedy store and just go hang out and watch watch comedy. That would be awesome. I'm not doing any more open mics. I oh yeah, you're, I get, you're retired from it. <laughs> well, I don't know if I'm retired, but not till I get like some better jokes under my sleeve. It it's, sounds like you got to just keep going. Yeah, you have to keep going. That's the thing. And I've watched a lot of podcasts of comedians that talk about this. and Like even Bill Burr, one of yeah. my oh, favorites. he's one of the best. He talks about his first... He just bombs. Bomb, yeah. Everyone bombs in the beginning. Like everyone does. You just have to go out there and, and do it. And then you're going to know real quick if you if it's something you want to try and conquer or if it's just like, fuck I this. I feel like there's some things with creative people where you just like have to do something. Yeah. And it's like you're almost cursed with it. Right. You're like, fuck, I wish I didn't have to, like, do this. But it's like, if you're, you're like, some comedians, like, they have to do this. Yeah. And, uh, you know, and and it's in a good in a sense because it forces you to keep going. Mm -hmm. And then when you get it, it's all worth it. Yeah. You know? Yeah, I don't know. It's going to be a little while before my stand-up <laughs> career takes off, I think. Well, you got so uh, much going on. I got too you're, much going you're on. You're writing a lot of stuff. Writing new record right now. Yeah, I got... have a record coming out. I'm about to. I might as well just... I, I think I can talk about it. Um, I've never announced it yet, but uh, I'm about to attempt the Guinness Book of World Records for the most shows in a tour. So right now the record's three hundred and nine, and and actually it's not totally confirmed yet. Uh, I actually had two meetings with Guinness Book of World Records, and she's gonna find out exactly what record I'm gonna try and break because she's she's for sure like there's one in there, but we just have to like figure out which one it is because there's a few different levels of it. Like you know, we just have to figure it out. But I'm I'm gonna try and do that. With a solo record, just me and my what's guitar. Your, what's your uh, record to date? Do you, do you I have think, to count? I, I've never counted, but I think I'm close already. Holy shit. Yeah, like one time I toured from... I left... I remember I left Nashville in October, and I went and toured until January of the next year. So I, a full year until... Also like 15 months or yeah, so straight. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, and that was crazy. Like, wow. and I was like going to Brazil, back and forth to Europe, back and forth. it was insane travel. I'm sure I probably already beat that at that some point, but I wasn't tracking it. But uh, it was insane. Like, I almost died, and I had like post traumatic tour syndrome. Do you, have, had, a, do you have a plan for this? Like, uh, you know, uh, now it'll be easier because it'll. It, well, I shouldn't say that. But, <laughs> I mean, it's gonna be hard. It's gonna be hard. Four hundred eighty uh, shows later, like, will the guy yeah. just fucking stop? <laughs> I think the hardest part is as I'm saying it. Like, what if you don't? Like, no, I can do it. Yeah. A- anyone who knows my tour ethic, I'm a road dog. Like, I, I go hard. So yeah. I feel like I've been. Well, it like seems I said, like you have a pretty good system set up. You were saying yeah. that you have a Sprinter van that's completely packed in Europe. You just. When you leave, you just go with a backpack and oh, yeah. like ready to go. I right? have everything ready to go. So all those years kind of set you up. Yeah, for I'm setting it up, man. Yeah. It's true. Like it's it's. I feel like I've been training my whole life for yeah. this for this to to like try to. I'm I mean, gonna, if I try to do this after two shows, I'd be like, oh fuck, man, this is crazy. I got to no, take a break. I'm, yeah. I'm 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 like in the zone on tour. Like I can I I'm a ro- I know I can. Yeah. And so why not hold the world record for it? You know what I mean? Why not? So we're trying. Why not? We, it's not one hundred percent confirmed. It's almost like I, I like I said. I've had two two talks with Guinness Book of World Records, and once we get them on board, and so you have to have like a 
uh, they have to almost certify. So you have to apply for it first. Uh-huh. You have to make an application, which I did, and then they'll get back to you and tell you if they think it's you know if it's legit if if you can do it. Which they got back to me, and she said she looked it up, and she was like, "Yeah, this looks like you could you could be uh, you know this could happen, or you could attempt it, you know." Uh, but there's guidelines, so it's like. What capacity is the venue? They have to be real venues. They have to be real shows, contracts, witnesses. Like there's guidelines that are yeah. strict. Yeah, it has to be bona fide. It has to be bona fide, and then and they have to like monitor it, and then it has to be you you know. So you just can't have a guy going out there and saying he did these. Like they have yeah. to be legit. Yeah, and they have to be like. Like a saying a song. It's not like Starbucks. some guy can just go play backyards and barbecues. Yeah. You know, you know, they need to be legitimate show. Like there's guidelines. Yeah. So once you go through that's where I'm at right now, is we're figuring out what exactly the guidelines have to be. So when we book it, we know what we're what what's okay and what's not okay. Uh-huh. Um so yeah, that's that's the process right now. Then then they have a a, a deal where, you know, they're I mean, Guinness Book of World Records is a huge brand oh yeah so at that point you know that's a game changer if you're really doing it and we're really going after it then each event really is kind of a world record breaking event so every town whether i'm playing in you know clausval belgium or you know turku finland they can say hey come see bob wayne on his record breaking journey show number show number 138 <laughs> You know, like just do all of them, and each show is something it's special. It's a big deal. It's special because it's part of this like world record breaking journey. That's my vision, and I feel like I've been I've been uh, training for it. Like I said, my whole life, right? And I'm ready for it. And 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 just me and my acoustic. So, so that's the thing. You don't have a full band. No, with you. not on this. I usually do, but yeah. for this journey, and actually, even with or without Guinness Book of World Records, I'm doing the tour. Yeah. So I'm doing this tour. With I've always wanted to do a tour of the world, Brazil, America, North America, Europe, anywhere I can go with solo and just travel the world by myself, singing my songs. I'm doing the tour regardless. So it's kind of like I got a hold of Guinness. Was like I'm doing this. What's, what I, kind of what kind of team do you have? I mean, is it you by yourself? Do you have like a? So that's actually my friend Annie, who's who's here with me right now. She's gonna like she's part of the crew of the the. So you need a booking agent. So I have a booking agent in Europe, who he already kind of put out his thing. Uh, he put out a little like teaser email, just like, hey, Bob's thinking about doing this. If if he does, who's on board for it? We can't be arguing over. Who gets the Friday night? Who because you usually everyone wants a Friday night, everyone wants a Saturday night. Yeah, no one wants to book a Monday. And he said the response was like crazy. He sent me a list. It's so already like he's like there's a hundred shows here, the oh. people and people I've toured so many times now that they know me and they're like okay he's going for the world record yeah we'll book book him on a Tuesday who cares just get it just so I can you know get give him the Monday give him the Sunday night. Yeah, because you're not show. looking for uh, uh, the big the the best to, night. You need a night. I just for I this. think that's gonna that's the hardest part of this whole thing is the behind the scenes booking it all. Yeah, you need to find 310 venues willing to have a show and pay you and make a real show. Yeah, which is kind of hard feat in itself. Then getting to each one is the other journey. Right. So, which I can, you know, I was thinking about vlogging or something maybe every yeah. day. Maybe do a, get my YouTube channel cranking, which also the camera stuff comes in handy for that. I have all this gear. I can make it look good. Yeah. And it will look cool. And I can, if I can put together a little like vlog journey of it. That would be or, so cool. Or diary. Yeah. So anyone can day watch. Two, where, 287. Yeah. Where am I? Yeah. Where, where's Bob at now? He's in. Freaking Serbia. Yeah. Oh, wow. He's in uh, Sao Paulo, Brazil. Yeah. We're all over the place. We're going to go everywhere. There's like over 20 countries I'm going to visit. Wow. Yeah. And like I said, I, I'm doing the tour no matter what. Right now, the question is, is Guinness Book of World Records, Are am I, am I going to be able to meet the guidelines to break a record? Got you it. You know what I mean? Got it. So once everything's booked... Then you go back to Guinness and say, here's the game plan. 
Well, no, we have actually, in. before I start booking it, I need to know what the guidelines are. I see. So, yeah, so kind of I'm waiting thing. I'm waiting on an email from them right now. Balls She's, in their court. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Well, they're going to tell me the rules and what I need to do. So then I make sure I do. Then at that point, I can assess it and be like, okay, so we need to do this, this, and this. Yeah. Yeah. So do you have a plan when you do succeed? Is it going to be one of those things where it's like, I oh, just wanted to get this fucking world's record. Dude, when I was a kid, cool this is, is true. This is a true story. And I told this to the lady. I couldn't, when I was talking to Guinness Book of World Records, I was like, this is kind of like a weird, I feel like a euphoric thing. Because when I was a kid, I'm not like a book reader. I never read books. But the one book I had to have was that Guinness Book of World Records book every, every year. year. I yeah, needed I remember it. that. Yeah. It was like my Christmas present. I would always get it. Oh, yeah. I, the me book. too. Yeah. And you have to order it. Yeah. You can't just get it at a bookstore. No, we ordered it. And it was like, I loved Guinness Book of World Records. It was my favorite book. Not just saying that because I'm trying to do it, but it was literally as a kid, I like the longest fingernails. I was the same way. Yeah, it was the, all these like, random the weirdest things. things yeah, longest in there. eyebrows. And shit, I never yeah. would have thought that I would be atten- like, I'm, I actually went to a Guinness Book of World Record event of a guy breaking the record in my hometown. It was amazing. We wow. were all sat there. I was a witness. He was doing the wall sitting. And he did it for like 11 hours or something. He <laughs> sat against the wall. And we all got to be a witness to it. And it was like this big event. So I was like thinking about that and going like, wow, this could be like, maybe I'm going to get in the Guinness Book of World <laughs> Records. So do you, want, do you have like a place you want to land at on the last night? So yeah, I'm going to land here in LA. in LA. Oh yeah, because you get the most press, you get all the people out, you know. Yeah. And, and Guinness Book of World and Records. And you'd be a hometown guy at that point. Well, yeah, then and then you can do like I can come do your podcast as the world record holder. Right. We'll have the sequel, you know. And we have Guinness uh, world record holder Bob Wayne. Yeah, and then I can come out with my greatest hits album and call it like Bob Wayne's record breaking hits. <laughs> you know, <Yeah>. <laughs> <laughs> everything changes. Yeah, yeah. Unless yeah. you're a Guinness world record holder, dude. Yeah, imagine that. Imagine being a Guinness but I'm probably I'm maybe gonna Bob do has the answer. He's a Guinness World Record holder. <laughs> As Bob? the saltiest road dog alive. Yeah. That's so cool. Yeah, and I don't yeah. want to break the record. Yeah. I want to crush the record. I'm gonna make it if I go for this, I'm gonna make it to where the next guy is gonna have to really <laughs> put some work really in. put I'm gonna I'm gonna crush it. You wanna hold on to it. Dude, I want to hold. I want to be able to hang on to it till I'm old. Hope yeah. I could ride. That'd that would be a cool movie if another ride. like another artist was like, "I want to do this too," and you guys went head to head. Ooh, who that, could go the furthest? Right. Who, who the taps distance? out first? Yeah, that'd be a cool movie. Wow. Yeah, I might do that. Where's Let's my guitar? Do it. Oh yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Annie, could you book somebody with no uh, yeah, experience? Yeah, 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 yeah. no songwriting ability. <laughs> <laughs> That's funny. Um, yeah, that's so super cool. Yeah. So I, it, man, that would be so fun to just travel the world. Yeah. I, I do I, it all the time. I, so yeah. why not? Why not? Yeah. Why not make a record out of it? Yeah. And yeah. I, I'm so bad about vlogging. I've always told myself every tour, I'm going to do a tour vlog. And I'm gonna do it. But it's, it's work. It you is to, work. You have to film. You have to edit. You don't want your vlog to be boring. So you have to come up with some kind of, what are you doing each day? Like it's, you know what I mean? There's oh, a whole... Yeah. There's a whole thing to it. It's, yeah. So I, I don't know. I don't know if I could do it's that It's literally doing thing. reality television. It really is. You know, you're doing a show. But you're doing it all yourself, too. Yeah, and you can't do it. I mean, a show, a tour, it's fucking crazy. And dri- I'm, I'm my yeah. own driver. So <laughs> It just I, gets crazier. Yeah, I drive. Even wow. right now, all the tours that we do, I'm the driver. Yeah. Are you still the Cadillac? I got a Cadillac limo, yeah. If I, I think if I was thinking about bringing that back. After I got drums... I retired my limo, but yeah, I used to tour in a Cadillac limousine, long black, 87, like the presidential looking one with the giant, I put big bullhorns on the front, my name in gold on the How back. How do you get that thing out to LA? Drive it. Dude, you got to drive the thing out to here. You drive it. I mean, that, yeah. you got to park that for the comedy store. Right, right. Still on stage. I know, that needs to be my wheels in town. <laughs> I used to be, when I rolled into Nashville, I rolled in in a 70s van. 
And it was funny because I rolled out in a Cadillac limo. <laughs> and then my dream was, okay, I'm going to roll to L.A. in the Cadillac limo and see what I roll out of L.A. <laughs> right. in, you know? Some hybrid car. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Some hybrid Prius. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's yeah. <laughs> better this way. Smart car. <laughs> yeah. With a, with a Smokey and the Bandit logo on <laughs> yeah, it. Yeah, right. <laughs> That's awesome. Shout out to Die Die with her Smokey and the Bandit smart car. I love that. <laughs> <laughs> she's gonna love it too. She has a smoking the van and smart. Car. Oh, my friend Die Die. She's actually been. She was actually the first person to book a Bob Wayne solo show in in Orange County back in like 2005 or something. And she she she's not even a booking agent. She's just like we want Bob Wayne here. So she's been part of part of the deal. And uh, she has a little smoking the bandit smart car. So I kind of that's so cool. Yeah, it's funny. So it's like a Trans Am with a logo. Yeah, yeah, thing. but it's a tiny little thing. And at first I was laughing at it, uh-huh. making fun it's of it. Cool. Then I got in it. And I drew, they let me drive it around the block, and I was like, whoa. What, is it one of those, like, the two-seater box yeah, thing? Yeah, total so small. And you could park it sideways. <laughs> so, like, in between. Like, well, if you, you've lived in L.A. long enough to know, like, that's got to be just so liberating. Oh, God. I, I, it sucks because I kind of want one. Yeah. <laughs> I'd be scared to death getting on the freeway. Right, next days. to a semi-truck or yeah. something. Like, I thought about that, too. Yeah, like, right, right. <laughs> yeah, those things are so small, but... The I've gas- always wanted to ride in one. I tried to rent one. They're really expensive to, to rent, you know. They're like you can buy them for or like, something. I was, after I went there, I actually looked on Craigslist. Uh-huh. You can get good ones for like four or five grand. Wow. Yeah. So that's cool. That's really cool. That's funny. Yeah. I wouldn't be able to fit my merch in there, though. I couldn't tour in one of those. That would be a cool thing to tour in there. It would. <laughs> and if the, you got a vlog, you got a vlog. Uh, the limo. The limo smart car. Oh, right, right. <laughs> uh, well, that's really exciting. Yeah, I, man. I uh, I can't wait to, to hear how this goes. Yeah, it's funny, man. Yeah. Hopefully. Um, Maybe we film a documentary about it. You know what I mean? I'm on board. We should make a doc. Imagine someone document the whole thing. Like, if we can find a. Someone to if it actually happens, how do we get any of you crew guys out there listening? Anybody you know, got a camera? Who's <laughs> ready for the road? Yeah. Well, that's what you need is, is some someone who uh, can just shoot and edit and like yeah, you know, sell comes merch, out and sell, sell merch. my t-shirts. <laughs> what a crazy experience! <laughs> um, that's so cool. Yeah. Uh, well, what's next for you? <laughs> what's next? Got <for> <laughs> so much going on. I oh know a ton. And then the, you know we and then the the writing screenplays I love. Yeah, because you got an, another thing you're working on too. Another yeah, some uh, other another well, story. Yeah. yeah. So I, after so we got the screenplay bug. I love the screenplay bug. bug. Yeah. Yeah. I love it. So trying to put together a few pilots. So I wrote. We're, we we nailed Mac pilot. I think so. Mac yeah. is there's nothing more we can write nothing to that. The the whole thing is set up so well. It's done. We've talked to some other people who are pros who've read it. It's 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 where it needs to be. Yeah. So I was thinking. So that's done. So I, I, my goal is to have three really good pilots and series bibles. Yeah. Under my belt to go shop around. Just to have yeah. Just to, yeah. Just to. So you know you you pitch one and someone's like ah we don't you have another one to yeah. throw at them right yeah. there that's ready to go packaged done so that's kind of another little little side project that I kind of am working on yeah just writing scripts because like like we were saying it's the ultimate way of storytelling so yeah and I love it I just love the whole journey that we went through on Mac. Getting it to that place, I love that journey. I love yeah. the journey of writing it, and when you're when I'm writing a story too, it's like I'm the character. Yeah, and I get to these care. What are they going to do? Give them voice. Give them life. Yeah, yeah. It's amazing. I yeah. love it. Yeah. Well, Jack Coke has got to be one of the greatest characters of life. I love him. Yeah, he's, I love him. He's amazing. Yeah. And now Fang Lee. Oh yeah, she's new. Incredible. <laughs> she's amazing. Like yeah. I want to like like. There's so many characters. Eliza. Oh, she's so tough as fucking nails. Liza, yeah. dude, and her gang. Ah, uh, so cool. Mac, come on, guys. <laughs> Wait till you meet them. Ah, <laughs> <laughs> uh, well, you know, I think, um, I think that's really exciting. The the whole everything. You know? Yeah, man, and I'm excited. You got a lot, of, dude. I have to say this. 
You know, I went the other day to your movie premiere. Was it a premiere or was it just a showing? You know, it was the release of the movie. It was like the opening weekend. And man, so I met Mike, I met you and, you know, I know you did movies and stuff. And I was like, oh, I got to go see my friend has a movie coming out. That movie was amazing. Thank you. I loved it. Funny story. Yeah. And it was so cool because you guys were there and like the main actors were there. Yeah. I was like, what the hell? You don't get this anywhere. I think it's just, is that an L.A. thing? or? Well, you know, that... I, I think it's one of those things where, uh, and you could definitely relate to this, and, uh, you know, uh, Michael Gallagher got to a point where he's like, I just want to tell a story that's like, you know, it's close to his heart. Just something like a story he has to tell. Yeah. And I think I'm kind of at that point now. And, uh, you know, it's like with Level 10 TV, it's like, I just want to make shit that I really love. Yeah. And, you know, and I think you're at that point now where it's like, I want to do something that I really love. And, like, yeah. that drives you and it's exciting and it's, you know. Yeah. And I I don't know, maybe it's a midlife crisis or something, but it just feels so good to just go out and, like, do stuff that you really want to make and not something that you, like, are obligated to do. Right. You know. Yeah. And, and you can, people can tell. You know, you feel yeah. that when that, there's that. Uh, I know passion what you mean. And excitement and, and that. that's what I love when when I sh- with these music videos too. If they let me kind of because some people want their vision and they just have their vision and they want it's wanna, tough and and and, and it's their it, song. Then it becomes you know it can become but you know it can become like work or something. Right. But I love it when they're like when they kind of don't know they're like I, I don't really know and then you get to like I get to spice in my little you know, yeah. story in yeah. there and get like, even this last video with uh, Amanda Mosher, they had a good idea about like this. Cause they had a cool location laundry mat. And the, the song is called, I don't, uh, you know, uh, I don't give a damn about songs anymore. And I kind of threw in a little spice of my own in, in the ending. And, and it's cool that when you can collaborate with people, you know, even if it's not your vision, you can still like put in some of your stuff in there and, yeah. and make it cool. You know, C- collaboration. I it's love all the that. ingredients. I, I really love the part. One thing about film that that I've loved is that's different than like Bob Wayne music. Like when I'm writing music, it's me. Yeah, it's me and whatever the heck is coming through. That's it. Yeah, you know, pretty much when I'm writing a song. But like with with like Mac, it's been such a collaboration, and that's just getting the story down. Yeah, collaboration from everyone's opinions and from you guys, and and like and like the come the story, and then imagine making it. When I read the credits now to a film, I'm I stay now for the credits because it's like I'm looking at all these people. Like wow, they have someone for everything that does. Think of the collaboration that goes into a movie. Yeah, I mean it's insane. It's insane. You got uh, sixty to hundred people just on set, all contributing. Yeah, and then you go to post production, and there's wow. another fifty to hundred people that all you know they're creative ideas, and implementing this, stuff. It's just like it's this, insane. I this love big, it. Big mass of creativity that just oh know, man, I yeah. I've never been involved in something that like that. But, yeah, but hopefully yeah hopefully well, you know when the when a, the idea is strong and when everyone can get behind that vision i mean it's powerful yeah. stuff yeah man um, um and then uh, you know i'm gonna do a guinness world book of world record you know the longest uh, how many days on set we're gonna do uh, right right <laughs> <laughs> a six i'm gonna find oh, out how many days that would be a horrible record set. yeah the longest movie shoot possible yeah <laughs> I'd be hung out to dry. <laughs> yeah. Um, well, thank you so much, dude. Um, this has been such a pleasure and a long time coming. So yeah, I'm man. Glad we finally did this. I love it, man. I can't wait to 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 post it. I can't wait for Mac to come out. <laughs> I know it's coming, guys. It's coming. Be ready. Yes. You want to give us the outro? That was Level 10 TV with Michael Wormser. Tune in next week, same time, same place. Tales from the Crew. That was that was my weak ass. Loved it. Yeah, there you go. I'm going to put some compression on that. Reverb. and roll. All right, thank you guys so much, and we will see you next week. Take care.